What's up, Cock and Balls? The Clover Killer. It's funny, man. Sticks is gay, and so are y'all for listening to it. This is Sick and Wrong, America's number one source for antisocial commentary. Brought to you by the Reach Around Foundation. Good evening. Welcome to Sick and Wrong, the world's source for antisocial commentary. One of your hosts, D. Simon. I'm Lance Wackerly. Dude, the timing was impeccable on that there, Wackerly. Yeah. I haven't done that trick in a while. So uh, how's 2009 going for you? It's pretty good. I haven't, so fucked, far, up a, so I good? haven't fucked up a check yet. Nice. Have nice. You, you know, Did you write I, your rent check? I haven't I actually haven't fucked up a check, but I have messed up a couple things at work. <laughs> you know, just putting the wrong yeah. January fifth, two thousand eight. Did which, you take the wrong birth control pill? No, 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 no. I I marked that on my calendar. I'm fine with that. So how was uh, your New Year's Eve? Was it epic there, Wankerly? No. No, <laughs> I did. I bet you what ninety nine percent of the rest of the entire Earth did get drunk, pass out around eleven. Yeah. Well, the, let me say the Western world. <laughs> I don't think the Muslims go in for the, the drinking so much, but uh, I don't know. Yeah, what. went to a club. I think got they just go up. fuck a camel, sodomize yeah. a camel. I didn't fuck then... <laughs> a camel, but yeah, I just got drunk, went to a whatever bar with some friends, and got more drunk, and then went home. Okay, just by pass myself. Out <laughs> yeah, I ended up. Uh, Pretty much having this a very similar New Year's experience. Right. So let's not go into it. Went to let's a couple not different... describe the mundane. Well, I just want You're to point out. You're going to do it anyways, aren't you? I'm just going to point out one. There's one highlight of the evening. Okay. Get, I mean, it was get a typical, right to the highlight. Typical going to a bar, going to a club, getting really drunk. Highlight of the evening is we were all at this club, the DNA Lounge. It was just hectic. They right. wouldn't let people go outside and smoke because, okay. you know, in this country, we can't smoke indoors. Most obviously. countries, actually, I think this is this is being enacted. When did this happen? Oh, the UK has it now. I thought I think all Australia, smoke. They do, but they make you go outside. Maybe in uh, France, you can still smoke in the bar. Bet you can smoke in the Eastern Bloc. Probably. <laughs> I mean, they're all going to die when they're 30 anyways. Well, so anyway, the, the guy was being an asshole, and I was like, all right, I'm just going to leave then. So I left, and... Uh, the sleazy E was with me, and he was mm -hmm. completely just incoherently drunk. I mean, the guy could barely even walk. He was just completely wasted. Well, he's he a right proper Englishman, <laughs> isn't he? <laughs> he drank many a wife beater that night. So we ended up going to this club. A friend of ours picked us up. We're driving the car. I tried to buy him some food to sober him up. I went and got him some uh, a Twix and some Doritos. <laughs> You know, I figured... Dude, I, you are the last person that should be consulting somebody on their nutrition. A Twix and Doritos? That's not going to sober you up. Dude, you know, it's like, what else are you going to give? I mean, I didn't know what else to get him. I guess I got At least get him one of those protein, you know, uh, what do they call them? Like, chicks eat them all the time. Those Luna bars or fucking... I guess I could have got him like one of those protein It's like bars a candy bar, but it's like a healthy protein candy bar. It's got I probably, peanut butter in I, it. 
you know, in uh, you know hindsight, I probably should have done that. But I don't think I think it would have been a moot point anyway because he didn't even eat it. He held it in his hand. So when we finally, you know, pulled up in front of the uh, the party that we were going to go to, he was just passed out in the car, and it looked like he had shat all over himself. Like he was holding the like twigs his hand, in his hand, in his and there was just chocolate <laughs> all over his face, all over his white like shirt. Nice. It was ridiculous. And the dude that was driving freaked out. And then to make a long story short, I basically had to spend the next hour trying to hail him a cat in downtown San Francisco, which was impossible. Did you wipe his face off first? <laughs> no, I was, you know, I was trying to like help him up, and then he just kind of passed out on the ground, just like, and he kept walking around going poop, poop, <laughs> and people were like, you know, totally like, you know, running out of the way. So he recognized the humor and the the poop. Oh, appearance. he he was laughing. He thought yeah. it was pretty funny. Oh, I good. mean, the dude was covered in Twix, but yeah. So yeah. Anyway, he I hate ended up getting pretty drunk. Way. Well, maybe don't ever next buy time me you're wasted. <laughs> don't ever buy me any food when I'm drunk. I'm, I'm not your diet and mine do not mesh. Yeah, I could imagine vegetarian anyway. <laughs> but yeah, so it, it was uh, you know nothing to write home about. Got really drunk. I actually did end up uh, hooking up with some chick. Okay, so that, dude, that worked. Okay, you're elaborating now but, into, into the story that's mundane and everybody did. Well, the like point that. to where I'm going with this, work, there's always mm-hmm. a point. There's always a, a reason to my rhyme here. Okay. The point to, is... To brag about your sexual prowess? No, I was saying I didn't go home alone. I was, you know, I was mentioning that. You know, I was saying I went home with a chick. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I was too drunk to do anything, but I, I don't nice know if that's job. where you want to get out of me. But no, what, what I'm saying here <laughs> is I came up with a New Year's resolution the next day. And did you come up with a resolution? Do you do mm. the resolution thing? Not not really. I don't usually tell people about it, but I have a couple in the back of my head, yeah. Well, so my New Year's resolution was to stop smoking, and I was trying to really? smoke as much That's as possible. That's the big one. Every year I do it, you know, for the past... Uh, <laughs> I yeah. didn't know that. I yep. guess maybe I remember that. The past 10 years, I've been doing the New Year's resolution to stop smoking. Okay. And uh, this year, actually, it lasted the shortest amount of time. It lasted up till about yesterday. So I oh, you about started five again. Because I was a bit worried that I wasn't going to have my post. I was going to have to have my post podcast smoke by myself. No, no, no. But that's I'm, not I'm, the case. Yeah, I'm smoking again. You know what it is? You got to stop drinking. If you didn't drink as much, then you. Yeah, that's what Mattress said when it, we were out at you your stop? brother's birthday. And I was like, you know what? That's a really good idea. Not, not quit drinking permanently but for like a period of time till you can kick the nicotine exactly like it's it's a trigger drinking is a trigger so totally. i'm not willing to quit drinking thus i'm not willing to quit smoking so i had to come up with another new year's resolution and so my backup new, plan well my new New year's resolution i think is a much more profitable one and i think it will make me a household name at least in this country maybe the world when um when it's when the book is published in all the different countries and the multiple languages. Oh, there's a book involved. <laughs> I'm writing my own Holocaust memoir. And don't poo-poo the idea like you usually do. I won't poo-poo it, but I'm <laughs> going to point out that it can't be your own memoir because you're too young. See, Wackily... Is it like a race memory memoir? <laughs> like, I'm my people. <laughs> memoir about my people. See, Wackily, the thing is with the Holocaust memoir, right now it's a roller coaster of success. You can write any Holocaust memoir... And you'll be on Oprah. It doesn't even matter if it's fabricated. You'll be on Oprah. They'll make a movie out of it. Everyone will start crying and they'll want to hold you. A podcast, you know, they'll it's, hold we're limited. You? Did you say they'll want to hold you? They'll want to hold me is that give me a hug. Need? <laughs> no, I'm just saying. I'll hold you, know, you dude. No, stay, stay <laughs> over there on the other side of the table. Oh, hot chicks will want to hold you is what you're <laughs> yeah, saying. Exactly. And they'll okay. want to hold other parts of me, which I don't want you to hold either. But what I'm saying is like, 
a podcast, you know, we reach a very limited audience, especially something called Sick and Wrong, which is, you know, it's very niche oriented. Yeah. And, you know, it's they like... Have, a, they have limited sympathetic qualities. Exactly. <laughs> so, so basically what I'm saying, I don't think this podcast is going to make me a household name like my Holocaust memoir will. We're not going on Oprah with this thing. I don't think Oprah will have us on and be like, you know, these underground radio hosts just do the most, you know amazing incredible show yeah we we're more uh jerry springer material like somebody would commit suicide and blame us and then we would come on and defend our stupid show if jerry would even yeah maybe jerry i don't would even think is it. jerry even still on he's done right he's not yeah. on anymore is he i, I could see judge judy almost someone suing <laughs> us, so we could be on, us yeah prosecuting yeah. I, I could probably see that yeah but so the thing is is i think i can build up my credibility with my Holocaust memoir. Well, yeah, I mean, literature immediately has much more cachet than, than podcrafting. So I don't know if talk a blogging, but I mean, it's also just a, just a very lucrative endeavor as opposed to, yeah. you know, as opposed to doing a podcast. I mean, obviously we entertain millions of fans and, you know, I haven't grown tired of it per se, <laughs> but I'm Liar. just saying I would be able to reach millions and still, you know, I think better their lives with my story of redemption and survival in the face of pure horror. Well, you want to do it while there's still f first, you know, people who live through it and then second generation people whose parents lived through it. Well, people are still alive because that's going to be like a big chunk of your uh, consumer base for this well, I think part of, you know, for the <laughs> memoir, well, I think part of it, you know, one obstacle, you know, obvious obstacle that people are going to say is like, well, D. Simon, you know, you're only 33 and you weren't in the Holocaust. Right. And, you know, to it's those people, problem. I kind of want to give the proverbial finger because it's like, you know what? You don't have to be in the Holocaust to write a Holocaust memoir. Um, I'm going to have to disagree with you there. <laughs> Dude, here's you what you do, though. I have the solution. Don't you have, uh, like, a, uh, I don't know, a mysterious uncle or somebody maybe you could fabricate a mysterious uncle? Uncle Hyman? Hyman? <laughs> is that a real Jewish name? Oh, yeah. How about H Uncle Clitoris? H-Y-M-A-N. H-Y-M-A-N. Uncle, Uncle Labia? Aunt Labia? Uh, Uncle Labia? Yeah, sir, sure. Uncle, Uncle Labia Bird. Uncle, yeah. <laughs> Uncle Hyman, sure. So I think you should fabricate the story that, um, you know, you were at his deathbed and he related this. It's it's his memoir. Oh, so I'm writing it's a it biography. It's not a memoir. It's a biography of your uncle. It's a story he never could tell to anybody else Dude. because he's always ashamed of the of the humiliating yet at the same time humanizing <laughs> activities he had to partake in in his uh, Holocaust ordeal. Or, or people don't uh, buy know. into biographies because they're like you weren't there you didn't experience they buy into memoirs memoirs are right dude, think of, but they're think gonna of know success, that you weren't there the because you're too young you're too young i'll get a picture of uncle with labia or hymen <laughs> i'll get a picture of uncle hymen oh you're gonna write it as him under a as pseudonym. him under pseudonym oh, all right all right yeah, that, yeah that'll work that'll work well you know the reason okay so the reason i uh um, but they're not gonna hold you dude that's the thing because well, they're, they're going to be looking for Uncle Hyman oh, because to hold. They'll, well, they'll hold Maybe Uncle could, Hyman. With all the money you make from the book, you could hire a uh, special effects artist who Dude. could do you up like an old Jewish man. With all the money I make from the book, I can buy enough cocaine where I'll have plenty of women to hold me. Believe me. <laughs> that's the plan. Okay. That's but that's, a, that's all way plan. off in the future. But so what inspired me here is uh, Herman Rosenblatt. 
Herman Rosenblatt inspired me. This he, isn't your fake uncle or whatever, right? This is an actual person. And now, that's a good pseudonym, Herman Rosenblatt. But it's not. It's a real <laughs> no, guy. No, actually, it's a real guy. Okay. So what just happened is uh, this is, a, this is a, you know, a, a current story here. Herman Rosenblatt's been on Oprah's show two times. He claims to have written a uh, memoir called Angel at the Fence. And uh, what, what this memoir is about is um, it's a story of love born on opposite sides of a barbed wire fence in a Nazi concentration camp in Germany. Really? He claims that Did he, he put m- his wiener through the fence? <laughs> <laughs> Not that kind of love. Sorry, I, I don't, don't want to jump, ahead. To jump ahead to the end of the book. <laughs> so, so Rosenblatt wrote a whole memoir about how he and his wife met at the uh, subcamp uh, sub of Buchenwald, which is in Poland, uh, one of the concentration camps. And he would every day, you know, go to the barbed wire fence, and she would sneak him apples and bread. And years later, is she a kraut? She was a German, yeah. A kraut, please. A kraut. Use the proper terminology. So she was on the outside of the fence, and she would come in and, and she'd throw and give him apples. apples. Yeah. And How about bread. like, uh, could you bring some fucking wire cutters and get me the fuck out of here? <laughs> a file and a cake. Yeah. No. So, um, fifty years later, he was on blind date in New York. Met her, recognized her, love at first sight, married, lived happily ever after. Well, as it turned out, a bunch of, uh, you know, several literary scholars and uh, so other people kind of analyzed Rosenblatt's story and found that there's no way he could actually walk up to the fence like that and uh, receive apples. I mean, he would have been eaten by German shepherds. So logistically... Yeah, or shot from the guards. Or shot tower. from the guards. Like, logistically, it was impossible. So no, finally... It's uh, the spirit of the thing, really, right? Well, that's what he <laughs> was said. Was he even really in a concentration camp or not? He was actually in Buchenwald, okay, well, which is better some, from, than some of the other uh, authors who have writ- written right. fabricated memoirs. So we're starting with the least egregious transgression. But the here. most recent one. Okay. And he says he wanted to bring happiness to people. I brought hope to a lot of people. My motivation was to make good in this world. Was it turned He really out- wanted to bring happiness to himself in the forms of mega bucks. <laughs> well, they, they never published his memoir. And there was supposed to be like a little kid's book called like Angel Girl that also was... that He was uh, on Oprah and he never got published? No. He um, was on Oprah and it was not published. Oh. They dropped it. Yeah. And they're going to make a film. Actually, they still might make a film about it, but yeah. I don't think he will end up uh, profiting off of it. But that's not my favorite memoir, my favorite Holocaust memoir. This next one was written by Misha Defonseca. This is a couple of years ago. It's called Misha, A Memoir of the Holocaust Years. Misha not only fabricated a story about a Holocaust, about being in the Holocaust, she also fabricated the story about being Jewish. She wasn't even Jewish. Uh, she pretended she was a Jewish girl who Dave lived... Fonseca, that sounds pretty waspy. Or French. Kind of. French or something. Or Italian, I'm not even sure. Yeah, you're right. I don't know what the fuck it sounds like. Doesn't sound Jewish, though. So she pretended she was a Jewish girl who lived with wolves during the war when she was actually a non-Jew who lived without wolves in Belgium the entire time. With the sprouts. Yeah. <laughs> so she completely fabricated this fantasy where she... She was sheltered by packs of wolves. She killed a German soldier. She witnessed an eastbound freight train full of Jews, and she somehow wandered into the Warsaw ghetto, got taken to a concentration camp, and escaped. And so she wrote this like... So wait, before she was even in the concentration camp, she lived with wolves. She, she lived with wolves. She was raised by wolves. I think like I, Ma- Maugui or what well, the fuck is that? I think her parents were taken by the Germans. So she was like Mogwai, or Mowgli, jung- Mowgli and, uh, yeah. yeah, and lived with wolves. <laughs> And then uh, somehow killed. Well, who's to say if you're Jewish at that point? I mean, what's a Jewish wolf look like? I don't know. 
Yeah, I mean, Wolf is, a, Wolf is <laughs> circumcised. A, but Wolf is a, a Jewish little, surname. Little Wolf Yarmulke. <laughs> Isn't Wolf a Jewish surname? I don't know. Wolf, Wolfenstein. <laughs> Wolfen I'm, I'm not sure. But no, so uh, I mean, okay. So think about this. You know, it's almost believable. Herman Rosenblatt is like, okay, you know, my wife came every day when we were kids. She'd give me an apple through the yeah, fence. the apple. I, over I, the I could fence. kind of believe so, that. I mean, and I can almost even forgive that as a. What do you call that? Uh, you know, poetic license. Like, yeah, she didn't really throw me an apple over the fence, but she used to show me her tit, you know, from like 50 yards out, and I had a binocular or something. Yeah, you know, I, I could even buy into that, you know? But, but, but yeah, okay, and technically you couldn't get that close to a fence. Fine. But she lives, she claims to have lived with wolves. Living with wolves, I'm not, it. Soldier. I'm not buying. Wolves like to and, eat little children. And dude, this, this book was a runway success. It was translated into 18 languages. It was a basis for a French movie called Surviving with the Wolves. And I mean, she's still... Like, made a lot of money off of yeah. it. People are romantic idiots. That's basically the it, problem. You know, it, and so, so when you hear something like that, you're thinking, God, I think, I think anything would work. And so this third one, the last one I'm going to get to here, is a brand new Holocaust memoir written by Irene Weisberg Zisplot. And this one, right, right now, people... Zisplot. Zisplot. Well, that sounds more <laughs> Jewish. So anything blot is kind of Jewish. Blot, Bergstein. Um this one right now has not been proven to be a work of fiction yet. People are you still buying have, it. You have suspicions. Dude, you're, calling no sh- you're calling way. shenanigans. Yeah, I'm calling shenanigans on uh, th- on this story. So it's called the Fifth Diamond: The Story of Irene Weisberg Zisplot. Born Shana Siegelstein, Zisplot lived in Hungary with her parents and five siblings. In 1942, when she was 11, her mother sewed diamonds four diamonds into the hem of her skirt before she was taken by the Nazis to Auschwitz. Yeah. Her Little entire did they know family. They going to take all their clothes and give them like rags to wear or else they, even, they had to just walk around naked. Well, her entire family was killed in the gas chambers and she took the four diamonds out and she swallowed them. Wow. And for the next 15 months, she kept the diamonds hidden by swallowing them and retrieving them over and over and over again. That's pretty nasty. But I that's just, especially nasty when you think of the fact that we're not talking about like a normal commode no, toilet like, bowl I mean, where, you know, it's just your poo in, in the clean white bowl. In a latrine, probably. Yeah. You remember that scene from um, Schindler's List where the kid yeah. jumps down in the fucking porta like pot or whatever? The, yeah, or the whatever. cesspool yeah. underneath the hole. But I also so what, wonder- was she going down in there and getting it or was she shitting incognito or you know surreptitiously in well, the back of the the, the little barrack that you've seen in. pictures obviously of the emaciated holocaust victims right they're pretty thin. i put them right up there with the moon landing photos. they're pretty thin so <laughs> in my <laughs> suspicious <laughs> i'm kidding i'm kidding you're a denier i always I'm knew kidding. it wackily but you know in my mind these Holocaust victims obviously were, were emaciated and rather thin, so I don't think a lot was coming out. So she probably not just a lot was going out in, a diamond. So not yeah. a lot was going out. She probably right. just like pooped out a diamond in her hand and then would just kind of put it just back no in poop, her mouth. just all diamond, just kind of like yeah. Just you know. meanwhile, the other Jews around her like, you have something to eat over there, and she's farting <laughs> what out you diamonds. Eat? What are you eating? <laughs> Would so, you uh, get horrible hemorrhoids? Isn't that cut up? You know, don't diamonds cut things? Well, I wonder cut how your big these up diamonds were. I mean, they couldn't have been that big. I'm like, no. I mean, it's not the fucking Hope Diamond. Yeah, it's <laughs> some poor Jew that got thrown in the fucking clink. Yeah, I imagine she probably would have uh, at least got a few speed bumps right. on the old uh, ass canal. It's probably the least of your worries when you're in the concentration camp. But you know, you know I'm, irritated, a, I'm amazed. Butthole. But aren't you impressed by her tenacity? I mean, she kept these diamonds. For well, years. worth a lot of money. Yeah. 
Jews. <laughs> Are you getting, you see where I'm going with this? So Typical, Z- that's what I'm saying. Zisblon also told the uh, audience how, as a young prisoner in the camp, she was a favorite of Dr. Joseph Mengla, who performed experiments and surgeries on her and other prisoners without anesthesia. That's what he does to his favorites? How does I he think- do the ones he doesn't like? Yeah, I don't even know. And I wonder why she was, her, you know, I wonder why she was his favorite. Probably how- hot. And how come Probably he couldn't find the diamonds? Jewish, Jewish. A hot young Jewess that uh, keeps pooping diamonds? Yeah, I mean, it's the best kind. Well, Mengele apparently injected chemicals into her eyes in an attempt to change their color. <laughs> he, I don't. I, so it's her assertion that she was one of his favorites? Yeah. I don't think she was really one of his favorites. <laughs> did, did, you know, I wonder if Mengele really played favorites. What, what I don't understand about Mengele, he was just giving carte blanche to do whatever he wanted. No rules, baby. But I mean, was it in Balls even the wall. was it science. in the name of science or sadism? Sadism, obviously. I mean, obviously, this dude must have received some kind of pleasure. I mean, it's like, dude, he injected chemicals into her eyes in an attempt to change their color. You know, who does that? Who needs to do that? What scientific value do you have in that? I don't. Don't look at me. I don't know. I don't know. I have no answers. He forced her to remain in a cold room for days. He injected viruses under her fingernails. I, I mean, they they spray perfume in rabbits' eyes in like you know the L'Oreal labs, and and the German Nazis just yeah, saw the Jews as nothing better than an animal. Than animals, so they're just doing experiments. But yeah. some of these experiments are so outlandish. I'm just kind of wondering, like that makes no sense. It's he, like doing it because well, look at all those Jews out there. They're all going to go to the gas chamber anyways. I might as well do every cockamamie thing I can think of i think he was doing it to get an erection yeah yeah that too but uh he surgically experimented on her to find a way to remove the numbers tattooed on her arm Mm. tattoo removal he's way so maybe he did like her maybe he was trying to pass her off as a non-jew and you know she could be his concubine i know she says mengla was the most good-looking man i've ever seen he could have been the one scientist in the world who could have developed extraordinary things for humanity no he but he became have. a murderer he had no he had no scientific <laughs> skills at all yeah he's just a, like you said a torturer she says he would look at me and smile and at times i could not believe this man could ever hurt me he could be so charming but the and next the minute needle would come out yeah but the next minute he was cutting me up into little pieces so so this one's somewhat believable. I mean, I think this one's more believable than the living with wolves and getting the apples. Yeah. But my point about these three memoirs, you can write anything about so the wait, Holocaust. Though, here's, here, you didn't even end the story. Does she get out of the concentration camp? Obviously she must because she's writing this. So what happened to the diamonds? Does she have them? Are there, is there evidence that the diamonds exist? Oh, so the hardened Holocaust and I are all of a sudden cares about what happens to Irene Zisblot. No, I'm trying to find if there's evidence that the diamonds existed. And if there aren't, then I don't know if I believe this. Well, I think you should read the memoir there, Wackerly. But okay. I'm not going to read the memoir. <laughs> the last thing I'm ever going to read, meaning I'm Holocaust never ever going to read it, is any Holocaust memoir. I don't care anymore. Yeah, well, you're not allowed to read mine. Well, so anyway, she ends up escaping. A nurse helps her escape from Auschwitz. And uh, yeah, she kept these diamonds for years. Years later, um, to remember her past, she had the diamonds set into a pendant in the shape of a teardrop. She doesn't wear them regularly, only when she speaks to future generations. So almost The fifth th- diamond. Almost that right there makes me uh, not believe it. Because wouldn't you want to sell the diamonds right when you got out? Because you're, you're destitute. You you're have no penniless. money. Yeah, it's like, like you know, $50,000 sell- worth of diamonds in your fucking ass. Well, what are you going to do? Sell your body or sell your diamonds? She is Jewish. She is Jewish. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not quite mm. sure. So, so what, what, obviously what I was mentioning is it's like these Holocaust memoirs can be as 
outlandish and as fantastical as you can possibly make them and people are going to buy it. I mean, people, you can write a memoir about drug use or whatever and people are going to be like, you know, I call bullshit on that. It's like you're arrested how many hey, times? A what drug addicted concentration camp survivor. That actually probably yeah. would work. Many angles. Actually, it's got to be, you know, it's you got to have some uh, tear-jerking moments and some moments of deepest despair that you rise up out of and maybe you should put yourself in the you know latrine at one point just to well, really th- gross out your readers i think the there first- are elements that you have to put in there it well, can't the first- be like charlie and the chocolate factory right i think no 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 it can't be outlandish and having you know fun and eating candy no it can't be all like gumdrops and smiles no it yeah. has to be serious i mean there has to be some emotional trauma well, not all those kids had a great time in the chocolate factory remember it was pretty horrible for some yeah, of them for some of those kids the kids have misbehaved but it's still it can't be like that but you know okay, like the, first, the jews misbehaved by I being think, jewish i think the first thing that <laughs> hitler and the chocolate factory i think i'm on to something here hitler and the chocolate dude that'd probably be one of the most uh, groundbreaking movies like a commercial success yeah right there although yeah. maybe i'll steal that for the the title of my memoir, <laughs> Hitler in the Chocolate Factory. I I'll don't give know. it to you. Don't even have to steal it. I'll give it to you. My now, gift to you. Maybe, maybe. But you know, that that's the main part, though, is you have to come up with a title that's going to draw the readers in. Like, you know, and I fed the swans or something. That's, well, or, what's the one called? The, the fence? The Angel at the fence? Angel at the fence. Fifth or, diamond. Uh, the emerald blanket. The, the bridge to hope. The barbed wire unicorn. The magical mustache. I don't know. <laughs> well, my um, memoir. I ran I think, out of. I ran out of ideas. And I just threw that out there. I don't think the magical mustache really would. <laughs> I was hold thinking true. of Hitler's mustache and how magical it was. Well, th- it came out. <laughs> so I came up with Shlomo the Rap Boy, and so my memoir basically would be about me as a child in the Holocaust. Well, and, you know, my parents. Okay, I'd say my you uncle. Are the uncle. I am the uncle Shlomo. Shlomo. Gold Bergstein. And, uh, you know, I was put in the Holocaust at like eight or seven or something. Uh-huh. And all my family make you completely how old perished. Right now? I don't know. You got to be quick. 90s, about 94. Stuff. I don't know. Something like that. I don't know. Yeah. But, okay, my 90s. I mean, definitely in, you know, or 80s or something. Sure. I think you'd probably be. Because 50 years, right? I don't know. Yeah. I'd be about 60 probably. Yeah. So, anyway, my parents perished in the gas chambers. I'm the only member of my kin left. And uh, Dr. Mangle experiments on me, uh-huh. and uh, he gives me the power of magnetism so I can control metal. But meanwhile... I think you might run into some copyright infringement there. Dude, bear with me here, okay? <laughs> so I can control metal, and then I learn while I'm controlling metal that I can also communicate with rats. So Is meanwhile, that just a byproduct of the procedure? Well, I don't know. I'm bored. I'm a kid, seven years old. I can't really work in the labor camps. So right, I have a lot of did, free time. How did you get, gain the ability to talk to the rats? I'm saying you figured it out on your own, or it's a byproduct of the magnet, the mag, the magneto magnetism powers. Magneto. I don't know. Magneto. I don't know Should why I not say that? I don't know why you're comparing this to magneto. It has nothing to do with magneto. So right. it's magnetism. Okay, I can okay. control metal. Right. And, so and what, talk to rats. Well, that's because Dr. Mengel experimented on me. Okay, so it was a byproduct. It was a byproduct of the experiments. So sure. I a- end up learning. You know. I, I end up like developing a bond with these rats, probably through eating their feces or some kind the of Jewish king of the rats. Exactly. Jewish king of the rats. So I lead an uprising with the rats against the Nazis, end up having sex with Ava Braun, 
And then I escape because I open up the concentration camp and all the Jews and the rats all escape together. Do you ride the rats like a big moving carpet? Haven't thought about that, but that's a good idea. I'm available for creative consultancy, by the way. Well, it's good. I was thinking of moving. I want to cut, though, of all future residuals from the book. I'll consider. We'll have to work it out with my attorney. Don't try and Jew me on this, okay? <laughs> I know what I'm up against. I'm prepared. You know, I haven't, you know, I, I was just kind of thinking about it today, but the uprising, the sex with Ava Braun, while, like I have sex with Ava Braun while she's in bed with Hitler. So like he's sleeping and dreaming uh-huh. about, you, you know, very conquering the world. Have sex with her? Well, I'm seven. Is she sleeping? I'm seven. No, Is she's she awake? awake. She's awake, but the rats are in her mouth, so she can't scream. Oh. You know, and Hitler's... But they're not squeaking, though? They're also quiet because you told them to be quiet? <laughs> I, I can communicate with them, yes. <laughs> I, I like, well, you, you can communicate... You see where I'm going with this. You can communicate with them, and they obey your every wish. Those yeah. Those are two different things. Because you could communicate with the rats, and they could just be like, fuck you. Well, <laughs> Yeah, no, they could, but I, they, I can control them. They like me, whatever. We're friends. And so I moved to the U.S. years later, changed my name to Willard, and then, um, yeah, I solved crimes. You know, it's I don't just, know. It, it seems like some of this is a little derivative yeah, of but other, wor- other, but other works. Other works are successful. Holocaust memoir. It's, it's not even it's derivative. An it's, 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 like, it's an homage. It's an homage. I'm like, borrowing. Uh, scratching or exactly. what, what do the hip-hop kids do today? <laughs> yeah, you know, mixing and, and mashing, it's mashing. A mashup. Exactly, it's a mashup of a couple. It's it's pastiche. Totally, it's a couple totally different pastiche. Pastiche. Nice. It's pastiche. I went somebody, to college. Somebody who took some English classes. <laughs> it's pastiche, and so yeah, I might, might borrow some something here. I don't think "Slum with a Rat Boy" is the title though. That's too direct. You're, you're giving away the whole thing in the title. It's got to be like hmm. on on silken fur. I slept unaware. I like unsil like or silken fur. Yeah. Soiled silken fur. The tears on the soiled silken fur. Tears on silken fur. That's good. That's good. Yeah. I'm going to write that down right now. Okay, tears do Tears on silken You're fur. You're not writing it down. <laughs> <laughs> well, so I don't want to like... When I, can the listeners expect this to come out? I mean, not that you ruined your whole idea by admitting the whole you know fake memoir idea on the podcast. I guess nobody listens to us, so who gives a fuck? Well, I'm kind of hoping that uh, our listeners don't pilfer hey. this idea. Well, and just, hey, guys... Don't uh, you know? Give the store away here. Just keep it on the down. Yeah, keep it. Keep, <laughs> keep it on the deal between the down us. Down. Okay. Let D make a bunch of money, and then and then the later podcast on, will be all that much better. Yeah. You know, once I'm on Oprah, we'll get some you know? good mics. Yeah, we'll get some good mics. Maybe, maybe a, like new a mixer. Skype account that you'll pay for. <laughs> yeah, that's not going to happen. Right now. <laughs> but you know what? Be my guest and write your own fucking Holocaust memoir if you think you can do it. I don't think it's going to be as good as Shlomo the Rat Boy. I'll 2009 is going to be the year of the fake Holocaust memoir. The, another that's what Holo- I predict. Dude, it doesn't even. You don't even have to be in the Holocaust to write a Holocaust memoir. So I invite the listeners to try to do it themselves. People, this is episode 156 here of uh, Sick and Wrong. Uh, it's actually supposed. I think technically this would be the anniversary show, right? Oh, it's tough to say. It's like that whole thing in you know the year 2000 and the year 2001. Which New Year's Eve was really the the, the actual the beginning millennium. of the millennium because there wasn't a year zero and blah 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 and who gives a fuck so really the the anniversary show is going to be next week yeah and we uh, got to arrange some stuff we have to arrange some stuff book some guests we have some surprises so this week is just going to be regular episode 156 of sick and wrong quick recap of last week's show uh wackerly you did a story about a uh kitty gulag in uh, idaho I did a story about fatty fuel for your 4x4 vehicle. Yes. And a listener sent in a story about a really, really bad Santa. 
the worst much, Santa. He's much worse than the uh, Santa in the movie Bad Santa. Well, as expected, uh, the listener story won. He came in with 84 votes, but it was close. You came in with 68. That And that is the official last Christmas miracle of Christmas season 2008. That's the you last mean the, one. The bad Santa winning, or the fact that you came in so close? No, to that my story. close uh, second. You know, I was kind of surprised, but a lot of people were like, you know, everyone's expecting me to vote for the bad Santa story, so I'm going to vote for Wackerly. But that's not legitimate because you're supposed to really, really vote evaluate for the st- these yeah, stories. evaluate it and vote for the worst one or the sickest and wrongest one. Yeah, like, instead of I don't want any of your consolation bullshit. But I get a lot of people that write in, it's like I don't vote for Jews, and they'll vote for you. <laughs> Well, you know, <laughs> if you've got a religious reason or <laughs> ideological reason not to vote for a story. Then so I came in third fine. with uh, 34 votes. So congratulations, listener. You won with your bad Santa story. People, you know the way sick and wrong works. You should by now. We've almost been doing this show for three years. Wackerly and I comb the Internet. Are you sick of saying this part yet? No, because we always have new listeners. Okay. You know, and it's Go like we're, we're doing them a service here. This is how it works, people. Go. You, you want to tell them how it works? No, I can't even. I don't even know myself. <laughs> I can't keep it straight. <laughs> Wackerly and I comb the internet for the most disturbing news items of the week, present them here on the show. Audience votes. Winner gets a case of beer. And we throw in a wild card with a listener submission, which you can send to sickandwrongpodcast at hotmail.com. Or submit to the forums in the articles section. Yeah, which a lot of people do. And you'll get people commenting on your articles. Oh, Wackerly, I believe I started last week's show. So why don't you kick off episode... 156 with your story. My story comes from guess. Guess which state? Uh, first, first story of the year, Florida. <laughs> Florida, exactly. the, the most sick and wrong. And state. I don't even know. It's some newspaper I've never newspaper slash website I've never heard of before. It's the Treasure Coast and Palm Beaches. I don't know. Dot com. Yeah, I don't know where the fuck this is. Some in jerk water burg in Florida. Yeah. Uh, early Saturday, and this would have been this past Saturday. Um, the victim Anna Chuboff or Chuboff. <laughs> Cheboff sounds better. Uh, she was trans- like that name. <clears throat> she was transported to Columbia Hospital after falling at her residence. Falling down, old people do that all the time, right? Dude, old people can't help but fall. They, they fall. Their, the their time bones are so frail. As soon as they hit the yeah, as soon as they hit the ground, their whole they shatters like one of those lickamade sticks. Yeah, it's <laughs> like a, like a <laughs> piece of rock candy. That's why they have walkers. Yeah, you know, and even sometimes they fall out of that. And yeah, exactly. And that, or that's why they strap them into chairs. Yeah, that's the best plan. Well, because you know they're going to stay in one place. You don't have to worry about them. Like, you know. They can roll around. No shenanigans. Bit. Yeah. Well, she fell, and uh, police were called to the. Uh, so, the, first of all, the, the ambulance came and took her to the hospital. But then the police were called to the hospital after paramedics found her, quote, unwashed, wearing clothing soaked in urine. Severely underweight and emaciated, the report said. Wow. So not the most attractive senior citizen. Well, not the most well taken care of senior citizens. Yeah. (laughs) Well, she's not finely groomed. By the way, she's 90 years old. I don't think I mentioned that. Okay. Police also noted that that the shoes the victim had been wearing had not been removed for a long period of time and had, quote, grown into her feet, 
the report said. Her toenails had taken the shape of her shoes, police said in the report. Hold on a second. She had her feet basically just, what would it be, subsumed her tennis shoes? Well, remember that when that woman sat on the toilet for a really long time? And, and the woman of, that became part of the couch? I don't remember that one. I remember the toilet lady. More. We had another like huge yeah. fat lady that became well, part yeah, of the couch. And, and I'd like to point out that this is the decline. You know, it's 2009. This is the decline of, you know, the use of the English language in America. <laughs> the report says the shoes had grown into her feet. Shoes, <laughs> don't, shoes grow. don't grow. Her feet grew into her shoes. <laughs> Okay, uh, but th- this reporter—you could writes, say her shoes had like become incorporated into her feet, but but saying her shoes had grown into her feet just it doesn't give the right well, impression it, no, at it, all. It makes an impression, that and these people shoes... don't give it. You know, and these cops that write up these reports don't give a fuck. They're like, you knew what the fuck I was talking about, yo. But but the, but they're giving the impression that these shoes are this organic entity they're that not. can actually grow. But like, everybody the cruel gets the shoes. picture, though, right? <laughs> but no, the cruel I, shoes. I'm, nice. I'm understanding that the the. The, the feet grew into it. But how does that happen? So they fused. Her skin fused, fused with the shoes. See, you are, you did take some English classes. Pastiche. I, you know, pastiche. Fused. fused. Um, I even forgot the word I just <laughs> used. But, but explain this to me. What did it look like? Was it more skin than shoe or more shoe than skin? Um, let me just say that there are pictures. Ah, oh, dude. That's I have them. That's going to give me nightmares. You're not going to see them until it's time to score it, which will be soon, because there's not much else to the story. But other than say, she lived with her son, Robert M. Rosenti, who's 68. In, Hell of a um, caretaker. Port St. Lucie. Um, investigators said that she was extremely frail. Her shoes were soiled with what appeared to be fecal matter. Part of her slippers were embedded in her skin, and her rib bones appeared to be protruding. So, not only were her pants full of shit, the shit had made it all the way down to her shoes. And she wasn't shitting diamonds. No diamonds. (laughs) Although, maybe if the shit was impacted in there long enough, who knows what can happen. The magic of nature and physics and uh, pressure heat and carbon um and poop <laughs> when questioned by police rosenti said that he had this is the son that he had, did not have a good relationship with his mother <laughs> apparently apparently As he was her illegitimate son he stated that he is aware that his mother needs 24-hour care but does not provide that for her because he just doesn't <laughs> give a fuck dude i don't think he provides anything for this her. old woman needs to write a memoir about her personal auschwitz at the hand of her kid well so what okay if you're a medical professional how do you give her her feet back? How do you remove the slippers, the skin slipper? I'm sure. The, have you ever heard of the jaws of life? So what? They they peel it off. God, this one must have smelled horrible. The article doesn't really go into that, but I think I mean they have uh, devices at the hospital to take you know casts off people's arms or to you know remove a barracuda that's around you has its mouth around your leg or that sort of thing. Um, some of the other finer details are that she could not have remember when she'd eaten last. Um, she had diabetes and high blood pressure. Couldn't remember when she'd been at the hospital last or gotten any medical attention. She probably has dementia. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. And that she uh, couldn't remember the last time she'd bathed. And she also mentioned that she routinely soiled her clothing. And this dude probably just let her soak in her own excrement for That's years. That's the point of the story. Years. Yes. Yeah, well, he's her illegitimate kid. And he's, uh, you know, she doesn't give him orders. You got to give respect to get respect. And uh, you know what? Now that she's 90, he has the upper hand. So are you ready to score? <laughs> so Should I I'm, give my score first? Well, let me tell you my score. The reason I'm going to score this. You can't score until I show you the picture. 
Okay, so initially, <laughs> initially, do you, to, do you want to say what your initial score is? Then your your this pre is and my post okay. Picture? This is my initial score pre picture. So we're gonna see how many points the the score the might can rise. Bump up, bump might it rise. Yeah. So if, if you think about it, elderly neglect is nothing new. It's commonplace. Happens all the time. I pass up every week. Sundry, sundry, sundry. Not as impressed. Old by people neglect articles uh-huh. because it's just quotidian. Yeah, you but, know. But and she didn't have like full depends. She had like the shit had gone down through her pants into her shoe. This is what's making me score it a bit higher. I'm going to score it at a four just because her shoes are now part of her body. Well, and not that's anymore. without seeing not the anymore. picture. You haven't seen the picture. <laughs> oh, let me They've see the picture. All right, let me see the picture. What's your score now? I'm giving it a four. Okay. Now what do you give it? Make sure you look at the toenails. Oh, my fucking God. I could have blown them up more. They're more high resolution. <laughs> it makes me want to lose my dinner. I'm going to give that... He didn't have sex with her. Did you eat her. carrots? Because I, the toenail I'm, I'm giving like it a, a 4.85. 4.85. I'll give it a 4.75. I've been staring at the picture, and it's desensitized to me, but... It is pretty interesting how the toenails sort of go sideways. Like you can see how they were redirected by the shoe but there's on not either even, foot. In but there's the same not even way. a piece of slipper on the foot. No, they've removed them at this they point. They did a damn good job, those Well, doctors. maybe that's a piece of slipper. Right <laughs> <laughs> it's disgusting. You're going to have to post those pictures oh, they're definitely on the getting site. Posted. On the site. But you know what, people? Take into mind the actual story as opposed to just the initial shock value from seeing the pictures. I but, think people can. I think you can leave it up to them to take whatever into account that they need to take into account. I'm giving it a 4.85. Flight attendant attacked by a passenger. Don't don't start laughing yet because it's funny, but don't don't start laughing yet. It's not that funny yet. <laughs> No, but you know, flight attendants, you never really think they get attacked by passengers, but it happens every now and they then. They cut people off. That happens a lot, you know. Yeah, they do. And they, you know, I mean, like, oftentimes you think they're worthy of a little bit of um, violence just because of the way they move those carts, you know. Right. You know, straight they're always down waking the, you up the, and yeah, telling you if I like, can put your tray table up and bullshit. They'll cut you off after you want, you know, your fifth beer. And it's like, no. It's like, who are you to cut me off? The U.S. attorney here for Nebraska said Wednesday, He's still waiting on reports from the FBI about an unstable passenger aboard a Continental Air Express commuter jet who attacked a flight attendant. The jet was heading from Houston to Omaha last Friday when a middle-aged man left the plane's lavatory after about 40 minutes covered in his own feces. Hmm. So what I wonder about this, why did it take him 40 minutes? Okay, I wonder why he's covered in feces, obviously. But... (laughs) Why would it take him 40 minutes to cover himself in feces? Well, you said he's middle-aged, right? I don't yeah. know if you knew this, but your, your, your excretory functions, you know, get a little bit more difficult as you get older. What are you saying? When you're 50, you can't move your bowels? Not a, you can do it, but it's not as easy. You know, you need a little bit longer magazine article. Your pee doesn't come out as forcefully as it used to. You, you never heard of this stuff? Okay, okay, but <laughs> how much... Then, on top of that, he's got to apply it, you know, to his face, to cam- smear camo it. slash Arnold Schwarzenegger in commando <laughs> style. Like Rambo. But, you know, you think about it... Like a football player. How much was he covered? Like, did he come out in poop face? You know, I mean, was he... Right. 
<laughs> yeah, it's like I, I, know I don't what know. You're saying. Do you but, want to further explain what you're saying? Blackface, <laughs> mammy, exactly. About, mammy. <laughs> I'm saying poop face. Okay, right. brown but no, face, I mean, not was, blackface. Was he completely covered in feces, or did he just have a couple lines like Arnold Schwarzenegger and Predator? Or? Well, I mean, you know, you know how you were with Sleazy E with the Twix bar. I probably looked something like that: a little bit on the hand, a little bit on the mouth, <laughs> an eyebrow, exactly. some, some on the ear, and some the on the hair. shirt. Yeah. So uh, one of the passengers... A pastiche of, pastiche of a pastiche shit. of shit all over his body. I don't even know if that's right. <laughs> I don't think it's the correct context. <laughs> no, there, it's not at all, but... um, Stacy from Houston, a passenger on the plane here, said, Oh, it was awful. It was worse than that. You know it smells bad. I did. It must, it's just god-awful, dude. A plane... Because when you shit into a toilet, you know, it hit the water, sort of subsumes the the smell dissipates the smell yeah right but when it's in the air for a long time then it really starts to reek and especially when it's like dried and encrusted on your face after 40 minutes of applying the shit makeup yeah i mean think about that yeah um stacy said the plane had just one flight attendant in the cabin a young man who moved the other passengers forward to empty seats and kept the unkempt unkempt passenger in the back row <laughs> unkempt is that a proper uh, usage of that word i, it's I like, think shit covered is a better one i mean really just get to the heart of it but i mean could you imagine it's like dude i wouldn't wait for the flight attendant to move me as soon as i see a crazy unruly passenger emerge from the bathroom you know door covered in shit i'd be Boom. like all right i'm gonna move seats i don't care about you flight attendant i'm moving yeah. over first to class first for class me. and for i'm me. standing right next to the forward uh, lavatory <laughs> and i don't give a shit don't even care uh the flight attendant asked the passenger to go back into the bathroom and clean up but it's difficult to reason with someone covered in feces i uh-huh. think life this is a male that. steward yeah steward a male a young man i mean could you imagine it's just like a uh, no sir Turn around. You got to go back in the bathroom and wash sir, your face. Sir, you got a little something there on your face. I don't know if you saw it. There's a little poo right on the end of your nose. You should go back and clean it off. I think it might be poop on your face. <laughs> you got to go back. There's soap. There's soap in there. Here's a towel, a warm towel. Uh, one of the other um, passengers here says, I hear all this ruckus and yelling, and I kind of turned around, and the poor flight attendant is on his back, and the guy is just punching him in the face. Wow. So it's he's almost, a tough shit colored guy. <laughs> it's almost like a scene out of a movie. I don't, I don't know which movie here. Uh, a good one. <laughs> Quentin Tarant- a Quentin Tarantino <laughs> one movie. One that hasn't been made yet, but should. I might actually include this in my Holocaust memoir. Uh, there are two Why male not? passengers behind me that got up and kind of got the guy off of him. The poor steward, he's got a black eye, his eyes swelling. I felt so sorry for him. Uh, she neglected, and he's covered in poo. She neglected to mention <laughs> she's, but she's not covered, he's not covered in his poo. He's covered in another man's poo. It's somehow worse, isn't it? It is. But, I mean, think about this, though. It's a thought experiment here. Would you have helped the steward as a male passenger? Oh... It's hard to say. I mean, the guy's obviously not a terrorist, right? He's just crazy. He doesn't have a box cutter. He's not going to take the plane down. He's completely mental. Right. I mean, the but guy's not, mental. Not in, a, not in a way that he's going to get to the pilot and, like, take the plane down. I don't. I think he's just attacking the steward. It'd be a problem probably... if he opened the emergency hatch and depressurized the cabin. Well, I think the steward insulted his poop makeup. And I think, you know, he was like, go back in the bathroom and clean yourself off. And the guy's like, Fuck that. I'm going to kick your ass, dude. <laughs> How about that? But um, no. So I don't know. I'd be reluctant to, but at the same time, if I felt that like my life was in danger if I didn't subdue the guy, like in the case of if he opens up the hatch or uh, if he's going to go to the, the pilot's thing, I, I would definitely 
you'd want to get your shots in, right? But would you feel compelled to do something? I mean, this man's obviously being beaten. Well, you're mashed up in the front with all the passengers, So okay, right? It's not like the aisle is that wide. Are you the guy in the front or the right, back? If the guy was not covered in feces, then would you do something? Yes. I would definitely do something if the guy was not covered yeah, in no, feces. No, no, the, obviously, the feces is the whole point of the, the thought experiment. <laughs> <laughs> but so, do, okay, what if he's covered in vomit? Well, it's the same thing. Same thing, okay. Well, so it's a little... I'll touch vomit before I'll touch crap. It's just so, a biological imperative. The right? thing You're is not with supposed me, to touch poop. The thing is with me, it's like I think I I might not touch him because I'd be worried that I'd get it on my clothing and I'd have to sit through the next to the flight covered in shit. Yeah. You know, it's it's gonna make it an uncomfortable experience. Right. But you, being a sane person, could go take your shirt off and clean yourself off and get your overhead bag and put a different shirt on, right? I or suppose. sit in a blanket. If you didn't have a shirt. I, I suppose I could do that. You so could scrub I, I up mean, after the melee. I think what I would have done is I would have grabbed one of those flotation cushions and just like rammed the guy in the face or something and then But the flotation cushion is soft. You need the drinks cart. The drink cart. The drink you cart. You nail him with the drink it's cart. It's like a juggernaut of the aisle. Like nothing can get by it just to get a running start. You know, what, get going what if about, you ripped off one of the trays, the sea trays? The trays or, yeah, or the, just the normal trays to bring the drinks on. Grab the oxygen mask, tie it around his face. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff you can do, out. which makes you think that like, you know, the fact that they don't let you have a nail file yeah. <laughs> isn't yeah, I mean, all that effective because there's lots of other implements of destruction just naturally on the airplane. You can't even defend yourself. So the injured attendant here with help from the passengers managed to get the unruly passenger buckled in and calmed down for the landing at Epley Airfield, which took place... They don't mention wiped off. <laughs> well, it said it took place uh, two hours later. Right, so, but they got him buckled in and calmed down, but not wiped off. Not wiped off. They, they just mentioned they calmed him down. The airline will not comment on his condition, but they understand he'll, he'll probably be all right. Uh, turns out that the man <laughs> resides at a care facility in Iowa and was returning from a Christmas holiday trip alone completing a trip from Chicago to Houston, then Omaha. The man was not arrested, but detained at the airport by authorities until picked up by trained professionals from the care facility in Iowa. So if this man needs trained professionals to take care of him, he needs handlers. Right. You don't like why, need why, why, wasn't why, there, was he, why wasn't there a trained professional on the plane? Dude, Hannibal Lecter was kept in like, you know, that, 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 what was it, kind of a bed and that mask and everything? Yeah, the face mask. Why wouldn't this guy be kept in some kind of similar restraining device? Uh, I blame it on patients slash handicap rights activists. Yeah. I mean, it's are there handicap rights activists? Though? I mean, yeah. There, and and, and some, of the, some of the work that they do is good. You know, it's like uh, I can't get into the Sizzler because there's not a handicap ramp. Uh, but I think they got ramp, you know, wheelchair ramps everywhere, and like you know, stuff for blind so you're bra- saying- braille on all the bathrooms for the blind people. So they got all that stuff done, and they were like, "Well, what the fuck do we do now?" Like my whole job is based on this. So then they moved into the whole: if you're a psychopath, you should be able to do what everybody else does, and you shouldn't like be forced to take your your meds and that sort of thing. So you're saying that these people lobbied for handicapped or mentally impaired patients' rights, and basically allowed airlines to admit clinically insane people on their flights unsupervised well, didn't allow them forced them to see now i'm forced them to even not be able to ask the question i mean like what you can get on a plane d simon why can't this guy just because he likes to cover himself up with shit and beat the hell out of the steward i mean 
Why, why is he any less of a person than you? But if you think about it, in their defense, how are they going to know it's going to trigger a psychotic episode? But you're saying if anyone has a history of acting erratic or psychotic, right. they should in not be able to fly endanger an entire plane load of people. Yeah, maybe that person should have limited, you know, their light rights to fly limited because of their you know, condition. I think I agree. I agree with you. But what I'm saying is if someone lives in a care facility and needs trained professionals to look after them, that guy should not be flying by himself on a plane. He's going to well, cover himself in shit and attack somebody. I'm not saying he can't get on the plane. But if he, but lives- he should have an escort and somebody who makes sure that he takes his medicine and somebody that make and maybe just flies with him. And, but and, like make sure if he, lives- he, if he goes nuts, he's subdued. But if he lives by himself or in a halfway home, I'd almost be willing to let him fly by himself. If he knows how to, like, you know, carry an ID and all that. I mean, <laughs> dude. Assume he did. How, I mean, he had, he had to carry an ID to get through security. He yeah, through security. So, I, mean, he, I don't know. He might have just had a, something might have triggered yeah. it. It's like, you know, the stewardess, steward came over and said something to the him. The food was bad. The food was bad. You know, okay. that movie. So your point is it could have happened to anybody. Well, I'm just saying, like, some of the movies. And, dude, flying today is just such a traumatic experience. Yeah. You know, it's harrowing. It, yeah. it really is. That, so, that travel shopping fucking <laughs> magazine that you read 500 times, it's always got the same shit in it. It's always useless crap. What's that called? And Sky we, Mall. And, you know, it would probably happen. He was sitting down. Some big fat dude sat next to him that should have bought two seats but squeezed into one. He's stuck up in the corner. You wouldn't have done it, but you understand. I can understand where he's coming from, you know? Okay. I mean, it's like, you know, it's, I kind of wish all of us could have the freedom to like cover ourselves in shit and beat the crap out of I someone think, on a I plane. I think not only this guy, but everybody on a flight longer than a half hour should be mandatorily pumped full of sedatives. Yeah. <laughs> they should have and it. And anti-anxiety like, things. Well, I think they should just have just it put it in the air. Yeah. In the air through the plane. You're just like, kind of uh, tired. What's that shit called in Brave Opium? New World? <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> the Brave New World, the Soma. They yeah. just pump it full of Soma, all the air, and everybody just It's a damn out. fine idea. So yeah. on the sick and wrong star scale, dude's covered in feces, beat the crap out of some other guy. You know, it's Terrifying for the passengers. Terrifying for the passengers. I give it 4.25. I'm going to give it... I mean, he didn't kill anybody. No one died. There are no charges even. Yeah, I'm but I'm assuming it... a lot of poop for 40 minutes in the bathroom. I'm not, I'm not assuming just a little smudge here and there. I'm, I'm assuming like... Pretty much total body coverage. So you're thinking he's in poop face. He's completely covered. Maybe not on his shirt, but all of his exposed skin has poop on it. <laughs> just covered in poop. All right. I'm going to give this a four and a quarter, too. We'll see what the listening audience has to say about that. So the uh, listener submission here was, once again, another popular story sent in by at least 20 people. And, you know, we're egalitarian here, so we took the first submission. Uh, this was sent in by a girl named Lindsay. She says, hey, boys, happy new year. Saw this and immediately thought of you to continue with your theme of exposing Australia as being the land of the sick and the wrong. I thought you'd be interested in the following story emanating from the land down under Adelaide, to be exact. Oh, I've heard bad things about Adelaide. Yeah, isn't it the city where the balls touch each other or something? Touching balls or something. I still don't understand that. Which I can confirm from a year-long residence in South Australia has more freaks per square inch than any other town on Earth. Um, now, see, is, is that a, when they say that, is that in a good way? Like, you know, the Bay Area, as much as we slag it off, has a lot of freaks, but that's why it's cool. But, like, you know, Florida has a lot of freaks and in a bad way. And that's why I wouldn't want to live there. I, I'm thinking it's in a bad <laughs> in a Florida way. way? Okay. Well, I'm thinking it's in a bad way just because in parentheses here she says... 
reference Snowtown Murders if you need more proof of this. Really sick okay. and really wrong. You know, yeah. I, I didn't do my homework, so I don't know what the Snowtown Murders are, but I'm sure Doesn't sound scores, like a good time. I'm sure it scores of Aussie people. Doesn't sound like the Castro Street Fair type of like, yeah, there's a lot of freaks here, but it's interesting. Yeah, I don't think there's a Ferris wheel involved in the Snowtown Murders. But I imagine the uh, Aussie people that live in Southern Australia will probably write to us. Uh, she says, my favorite sentence from the story is, I just wanted to burn his penis so it belongs to me and no one else. That is logic you cannot beat. Hope this raises a smile. Cheers, Lindsay. Well, the, uh, you know, the headline alone raises a smile for me. Jealous wife charged after fatal genital fire. Mm-hmm. Sounds like something that should be from the sun. You know, it yeah. doesn't even sound... Australian accused of setting the, the, husband the ablaze. You're talking about. Yeah, the, the yeah, not, <laughs> not, not the like sun. rape from the sun. No, the sun, the sensational newspaper here. <laughs> Australian accused of setting husband ablaze after he hugged another woman. Oh, they're jealous in a, in a Adelaide here. Yeah, an Australian woman, alarmingly so. Yeah, frighteningly so. An Australian woman accused of setting her husband's genitals on fire because she thought he was having an affair has been charged with murder. 44-year-old Rajini Narayan confessed to neighbors that she set her husband on fire after she saw him hug another woman. Dude, oh, Rajini. That's, that, that's just insane. I mean, I understand all women are, in, are crazy. All women are, have that like wild, psychotic streak of jealousy. Yeah, jealousy. They all do. Yes. I mean, whether you get that errant possessive. text message, they're possessive. possessive. But a hug? Come on, a hug? Uh, well, think about it this way, though. California is the land of hugs. Dudes hug each other. Uh, women and men hug each other that aren't dating. You hug your boss. You hug, you know, your yeah, People are very touchy-feely here. Do you remember? I mean, I don't know. In the Midwest, nobody hugs. Like, no. when I came out here, it took, it, I've been here for long enough that it's, I'm totally used to it, but... People in, when in, I came out here from the Midwest, it was super weird to me. I was like, don't touch me. What the fuck are you doing? Well, in the Midwest, they respect your personal space. Right. Whereas California, when, it's like, what's up? Me, uh, when you say respect, you mean they say the fuck out of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you got at least a two-foot, what, radius. Uh, radius? Yeah. It's like, if you're going to fuck me, then you can come into this radius. If not, stay the fuck out. Exactly. But here, they do not respect that. Here, well, it's I don't just know not a, there's no, there is no personal space. It's the just, hippie mentality or something. Right. Or right. So, I, so I'm assuming Adelaide is the type of place where the personal bubble, the envelope of air, which you know shall not be breached, is more inviolate. Well, possibly, and there's also a lot of ball touching going on there, so maybe people are close. That's in the that's on the down low though. The ball touching. <laughs> that's not but out yes, in the open. Rajini here is one crazy jealous bitch, to say the least. She was initially charged with endangering life and arson, but the charges were upgraded to murder after her forty seven year old husband Satish Narayan died from his injuries last week. Wow. Um, people so she say, really burnt the fuck out of his genitals. Yeah, dude. His dick was fried to a crisp. Uh, neighbor said she's a jealous wife, but she hadn't meant to kill him. When she doused the sleeping man's genitals with an alcohol-based solvent and then set him on fire. Uh, she mm. was quoted what, as What did saying, she think the outcome of that was going to be? I don't know. And if you think about it, why don't you think it's counterproductive for the woman to burn her husband's dick, penis, cut her penis, cut his penis off? Yeah, well, maybe she just saw him as a as a lunch ticket, not, a, not as a you know, yeah, baloney pony. Exactly. I think um, she probably wasn't she probably wasn't losing anything by burning <laughs> it off. She already had a vibrator. Uh, she says, "I just wanted to burn his penis, so it belongs to me and no one else. I didn't mean for this to happen." 
Apparently, the husband jumped out of bed and knocked over the bottle of alcohol, causing the fire to spread and resulting in over a million Australian dollars worth of damage to their townhouse and adjacent property. And yeah, he must have just been covered in the solution and hideously burned because like he died a week torch, later. Yeah. Is that how the human torch was made? No. It's not how he became the human torch? No. Okay. All right. I'm not going to even speculate how it was because I don't know. So move on. Well, if you could tell me, I wouldn't mind including that in the memoir. <laughs> you know, maybe I'd burn the rats or something. Um, Look so- at uh, There's a movie. There's a couple movies about it. All right, maybe I'll skip that one then because people know about it. Uh, Narayan <laughs> has been sched- charged with murder, arson, three counts of endangering life as the couple's three children were at home during the incident. I was just going to ask if they'd already procreated and apparently they have. Apparently they had three kids. I mean, they were like a middle-aged couple. Yeah. I mean, dude, it probably took the guy at least a half an hour to move his bowels. Right. He's middle-aged. What is middle-aged? When does middle-aged start? I'd say 50. Isn't no, that's it? no old. 40, 45, that's 45, yeah. <laughs> that's that's old age. 40. 40, 40 to 55, I think, is middle age. Yeah, so this is a middle age couple. They had three children. You know, so now they don't, the kids don't have a father. Yeah. You know, and uh, he died by genital burning, and the mother yeah, is Yeah, he's in, like in a prison. crispy critter. <laughs> yeah, could you imagine? They must just be getting teased by the Australian kids. In the foster home, the <laughs> orphanage. And did you did you say foster's home on, per, like, on purpose? <laughs> no, did I you? didn't. But okay. good point. Foster's home. Fosters <laughs> sponsors all the orphanages in Australia. I don't know if you knew that. The foster's home. Yeah, the they get foster's free fosters. <laughs> Just drink fosters all day. It's actually quite a nice life. Yeah, it wouldn't be that bad. I want to go to Australia and, and become orphaned. <laughs> <laughs> Just go chill in the foster's the home. Foster's home. <laughs> So on the second wrong star scale, dude, not only did the guy get his, you know, willy burned off, he got was set alight and died from it. I'm gonna have right, to get he, this. he can't even sell it. He didn't get his willy burned off. He was just burned completely. But she didn't mean to kill him. And so there was no I, I think well, there was malicious intent. You know, poor planning is no excuse for burning your husband alive. I'm giving it a four point five. I'm giving it a four point seven five. Okay. That's I mean she torched him. She did torch his willy. Burned his How did she not get burned? I mean, they mentioned that the alcohol solution was splashing all over the place. Like, how did she escape? On, or, or did she get minor burns? Or does it? You say? know, they don't actually mention whether or not she was harmed. Yeah, fucking bitch. <laughs> she probably escaped unscathed. That's why I'm giving the 4.75 because fuck her. And the kids are orphan. Well, we'll see what the listening audience. Well, says they're not to really orphan. I mean, she's in prison. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> they can go visit their to mom. To technically in be a foster's orphan, you, you both your parents have to be dead. I wonder with the Australian law, like what are they? Is it kind of like English law where they get like six months? Probably. I mean, they're going to want to let the mom out so that so but the kids wanna... so the kids can get out of the foster's home. You know, go through detox, <laughs> get back to a normal life. Yeah, but wouldn't you rather stay in the foster's home than live with penis burning? I want to be in the foster's home right now. Regardless, <laughs> I mean, I had a fine childhood and. I well, want to we'll, be in the foster's home. We'll see what the listening audience has to say about that. Go vote. Sickandwrongpodcast.com. You can decide who won episode 156 here. Well, this is Jim Rose of the Jim Rose Circus. And uh, before I put my face in broken glass and let somebody stomp on the back of my head, I have to listen to Second 
Wackily, we are nearing the end of the show. And uh, yeah, we got a bunch of phone calls and a couple emails from some really disgruntled Australians. Once again, the show has turned into Australian bashing, which I kind of wanted to avoid because I love the Aussies. And believe I'm me, I'm not bashing. I'm not. Ba- I'm not trying to bash. Well, it's not bashing, but I think um, some of the Aussies are upset because we. I think they, they they feel we poke fun at them liberally. Well, they're kind of funny. <laughs> I don't know. I don't yeah, you know, a they can get their own goddamn comedy. podcast and poke fun at you and me. A gold mine of comedy. But everyone's not going to listen because they're just going to laugh at their funny voices. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um, we got a number of phone calls to Sick or Wrong Hotline. People call the hotline 206-666-3846. We always love to hear what you have to say. So call number one, I believe, is from a uh, female listener, right? Right. This is from Iowa Girl. And uh, you know what? I have to admit, she's called in before, but I'm always reluctant to play these because her stories skeeve the shit out of me. Because she's like a medical malpractice, either lawyer or paralegal, and all of her stories involve like people getting fucked up in the hospital. But uh, I also I'm gonna grin and bear it with this one. I also don't like the plan because they're like eight minutes long. Right, I've sort of trimmed it down here. I hope so. We're gonna get to just brevity, the the juiciest details. Here they come. Ready? All right, all right. Um, I'm calling in basically so I can horrify Lance with another story from my personal files, my work that I have to do. Uh, This is about a 39-year-old man who went in for routine foot surgery, and it was nothing major at all, but he did need to have general anesthetic for this surgery. And maybe you know this, but an after effect of general anesthetic is often constipation because it takes the bowels, the colon, time to get going after it's been basically immobilized for a while. So, D, have you ever had a surgery where you're totally anesthetized? Yeah, but I don't recall having my bowels complicated. When you woke back up, you just took a shit immediately? You know, I don't remember... This is the kind of shit that bothers me. I don't remember... You know, actually, you know, I've never be been, honest, com- com- been completely put under. Have you ever life. had any major surgery? No. Okay. See, I had jaw surgery. I broke my jaw. So it's like I, they had to put me under for that. But I don't recall waking up and then just like, you know, not being able to. Did they make bowels. you stop eating beforehand? From yeah. Like, 24 hours. That's so probably that's probably why. why. Yeah. That's probably why they do that. Okay. So the people taking care of you have to kind of monitor to this and watch for blockage or twisting or anything like that to happen. Staring right up your butthole, not moving or empty for a while. Anyway, this guy wasn't having any bowel movements, and the dim bulbs that were taking care of him kept just giving him laxatives instead of trying to figure out what was going on. That's what I would do. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. It's like, what, what do they expect them to do? The they guys have another X-Lax. Here's another. Here's a bean burrito from Taco Bell. <laughs> that didn't work. Here's a burrito from the taco truck. That always makes me spray. Here's a Pat's Blue Ribbon. Or maybe a Foster's in a big can. That's going to make you shit. This is why there's not a sick and wrong hospital, because there would be lots of bump practice. Yeah. He ended up having bad abdominal pain as well, which is a huge danger sign, probably even to anybody who isn't a medical profession, but instead of investigating, they just gave him painkillers. Okay, wait, so how incompetent do these doctors have to be? The guy can't move his bowels, so they pump him full of laxatives, now he's like, okay, my stomach hurts because oh, I'm hurts. full of laxatives, you know, and it's like, now they're like, okay, let's give him some morphine. Yeah. I could be a doctor at this hospital. Well, I don't think these are... They may be doctors, but there's also some orderlies and nurses involved. Well, it sounds like these nurses are like, you know, dude, 
I just want you to shut the fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> Take well, care of your business. Wait till you hear the end of this, okay? You can probably guess where this is going, but on the third day after surgery, there was a nurse in his room, and he started feeling really sick. Told her he felt like he was going to throw up, so she grabbed a bucket just in time to catch the shit that he threw up. And yes, I do mean oh shit, God. not vomit. So feces is coming out of his mouth. So Actual dude is feces. puking up feces. Right. Uh, God, that's I'm disgusting. I'm not going to say anything else. I'm <laughs> going to let this play out before I say anything else. Because when it can't go down and out where it's supposed to go, it backs up and comes up the other way. Anyway... It turns out that this guy had a twisted bowel, which they immediately rushed him into surgery, figured out at that point that's probably what the problem was. But by that time, by the time they opened him up, they found out it had ruptured and everything that was left in the bowel went all through his abdominal cavity. And he ended up dying of a massive abdominal infection a few days later. There's about... Two minutes left of that call, but that's the general point. That, that's the gist right so there. So they're giving him, uh, you know, X-Lax and Patch Blue Ribbon and Taco Bell. Meanwhile, the shit isn't going out of his butthole. It's like go, being forced back into his abdominal cavities well, it's, it's and through his mouth. Twisted bowel, so it was just blocked. So it's coming it was blocked, back up. so it's going all through his body and basically poisoning but him. But what I don't understand about it is the dude went in for foot surgery. Right, foot surgery. And then and, and, and his bowels get... I'm never going to a hospital again. I already distrust doctors as it is. Yeah, I mean, I understand, like, you had your jaw operated on, so, like, you know, it's it's near your brain. They've got to sort of take your... And believe all me, I was freaked out. out. Yeah, it, but foot, I'm just going to be like, you know what? Local anesthetic, and if you say it's going to hurt... I don't give a fuck, you know, give me a bottle of Jack, I'll take and, some yeah. fucking Klonopin and no, some I'll bite Vicodin. on my belt, yeah, I I'll don't bite care. on my belt, D. Simon will hold my hand. <laughs> I'll punch you in the face. No, I mean, seriously, it's just like, I, I, I don't understand. I don't want to poop um, back up into my own liver. You know, it's like, I, it's, the guy's probably lucky that he died after that, because after you shit through your mouth... Through your You've whole been body, to hell. Yeah, I mean, basically, it's uh, Jesus, dude. I, mean, I wonder how much money the family made. Well, that's Iowa girl's the job hospital. is to get them lots of money. I think. Okay, so she wasn't the nurse holding the bedpan. No, she's the paralegal There's that a sues the job. hospital, f- you know, for that egregious whatever it is. Well, thank you, thank you, Iowa girl, for disgusting me almost as much as the picture of Lance's old lady toes. What's call number two here? This is also related to Australia. Hey, sick and wrong. It's dead sexy. It's uh, 7 p.m. on December 31st. I like it. It's a timestamp. is coming. <laughs> you know, I kind of appreciate that, actually. Yeah, it makes it easy to locate it. New Year coming up. Uh, I was just listening to your christmas special episode and you had that letter from that australian i fucking love their 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 lingo man i just wish we all talked like that you know hey man you want a barrel yeah my flip-flops kick a drive on my on my ding dabble doopie yeehaw bitch nick i don't know if they say yeehaw in fucking australia i'm a little junk i'm good to put my finger in my booty for New Year's, I just want to wish all you guys, you know, a happy 2009 and all your listeners. I hope you play with your balls and your asses. <laughs> See you guys. Bye. 
Well, it sounds like uh, Dead Sexy there is having a happy new year. That was informative. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that, 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 that's basically, though, the, um, the quality of most of the calls in the second round hotline. <laughs> but you know, you know what's kind of funny about that? That right there was the worst Australian accent I've ever heard. Ours are pretty bad. Believe me, I admit that. Yeah, they're bad. But that dude is like a guy with a thick New Jersey accent trying to do an Australian accent. He was drunk. talking about a flip-flop and a beetle bottle boodle or something like that. I, don't, I don't think Australian dingo people say something. that. I don't did even you hear know. Dingo? dingo is Australian, but yeah. it was kind of just like moon language and I don't at think, one point. Well, I mean, yeah, I don't think any Australian says yeehaw either. Well, he mentions that maybe that he was taking liberties with the yeehaw. Yeah, but, but I agree with Dead Sexy. I do enjoy the Australian... Um, inflection i i enjoy and i enjoy their lexicon it's cool i do too you know and Lots of uh, slang yeah dude i mean there, there's words that i've never heard words used in ways i've never thought you could i, I mean I'm, it I'm makes almost, me want to explore the linguistic possibilities in that what about call number three i think there's another aussie related phone call yeah the last call is also australia stroking Hi, Dean Lance. This is just a girl down in Florida. Happy New Year. I am just listening to the Christmas episode, and I have some more Australia references for you. There's Wolf Creek for the scary movie, and we also have um, that dreamy doctor on house. And I don't... Wait, 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 wait a second. Hold on, hold on a second. She's saying how much she loves Australia, and she says the dreamy doctor on house. Is she referring to uh, Hugh Laurie? Yes, he is a house. He's, he's house. house, but he's Dr. English. House. But he's English. <laughs> is he? Is, that, is, is she talking about England or Australia? Have you ever seen the movie Wolf Creek? That's the other thing she mentions. I don't even she know what that is. She says it's a scary movie. Is that a porn? I never saw it. An Australian porn probably is scary. What's a naked kangaroos? <laughs> Aren't they always naked? <laughs> <laughs> they got the pouch that covers their genitalia. <laughs> the pouch is their skin. <laughs> Yeah, but I think it, co- <laughs> it covers over their genitalia. It's Haven't like you ever an, seen a it's kangaroo? Like an apron? Kind of. I think they lift up the pouch or they climb in the pouch to like reproduce. I think the a- I think the pouch is their vagina. Wait, you're saying they fuck the pouch? They got to pull the pouch open to get the it's vagina. It's a secondary vagina. Okay, yeah. I, I guess I could see that. <laughs> I'll buy that. All right, let's hear what else uh, just a girl from Florida has to say about Australia. Know what they drink because I've never been to Australia before, but I they drink. Have you ever listened to the show? What do people drink in Australia? She says she's a fan of this show, and she says she doesn't know what they drink in Australia. You know, I'm a I'm a, I'm seriously at wit's end with this phone call here. It's we've said it probably a hundred times. Don't say it now. Don't say I'm not, not going to say it. I'm not going to say what they drink in Australia. Just say they like beer. Okay, a certain brand of beer. Very popular brand in oh, Australia. That's Anna's drive estate. I do love that um, accent that they have. And I know you guys have a couple of listeners, so I'm sure they'll be ranting and raving, which is, I'm sure, what you want. And I love it when they call because I love to hear them talk. Anyway, I will talk to you later. Hope you're having a wonderful one. And um, cheers. Bye. Okay, Wackerly. I do appreciate it when young girls call this show, and it's nice to know that we have a female fan base out there that adores us. In Florida, us. no less. In Florida. She's at the ground zero. But what the fuck was the purpose of that phone call? <laughs> I mean, seriously, tell me. What, what was the purpose of that? She likes the Australian people. She likes the movie Wolf Creek. She likes Hugh Laurie, although he's not Australian. She's confused. 
Uh, or maybe I don't know. Maybe yeah, but why, why would be. you we have could to be proved us... wrong there? By the way, okay, it's but... not out of the realm of possibility. <laughs> he might be she Australian. I'm not she sure. listens to this show, but she doesn't know what Australians drink. That one's hard to get over for me. She likes Australian accents, which I agree with. I like them as well. I, I think they're I think they're cool. And she likes it when Australians call in. I don't think they have ever called in. I think we've had one. Because it's like super long distance for them. And you know, it's... you know who called in. Capretta. No, but he the didn't original? call in. He sent an oh, MP3, MP3. Which okay. I was about to recommend to a lot of our other Aussie fans. I know they were griping about why doesn't D get a Skype account? And it's like, you know what, dude? I don't want to get a Skype account because you have to pay for voicemail and I'm Jewish in case you forgot about that one little detail. <laughs> and I'm already paying for everything else associated with this podcast, so, okay? if you really want your Australian voice to be heard on this show, Easy to, to counter do. our assertions... Record an MP3, email it to us, and we will play it. Believe me. But thank you, Jessica, for uh, writing or for calling us here and telling us about how much you love Australia. Yeah, and the Australians, thank you. I'd say next time, just send a picture of your tits. (laughs) They'll they'll like it that much more. It'll be just as meaningful as that phone call. (laughs) People, call the Sick Wrong hotline at 206-666-3846. Um, Yeah, we always love to hear from you. We got a couple emails, the Sick Wrong podcast at uh, hotmail.com. I'm going to quickly breeze through these uh, wackily. We got a couple disgruntled Australians, as I mentioned before. Why are they disgruntled? Because you really ticked them off this time. You know, it's like we we talk about Australia. We kid Australians, but we do it lovingly. So he writes in, sirs, I write in response (laughs) to podcast 154. I'm not even going to try to do the Australian accent. I don't want to make Hugh any more angry than he already is. Lance Wackerly's deplorable execution of the Aussie accent. It would appear that Wackerly has watched Mary Poppins way too many times and as a result has transplanted the very bad Cockney accent of Dick Van Dyke onto us poor Aussies. (laughs) In my three decades on planet Earth, I have never heard an Aussie use the word bloomin' in the context used by Wackerly. (laughs) Did I say bloomin'? I think you said bloomin' onions, uh, like several <laughs> Wait times. Wait a minute, that's what he's angry about? Bloomin' onions. Well, yeah. sir, you, sir, <laughs> should take up your complaint, sir, with the Outback Steakhouse because they do call it the bloomin' onion, and that's why I was saying bloomin' onions. Well, you know, a little further down here in the email, he goes, "Don't get me fucking started on the Outback Steakhouse." <laughs> Sorry. Uh, those bastards are about as Australian as Wackerly's Cockney accent. <laughs> Blooming onions, mate. Uh, on the subject- Ease up. <laughs> yeah, I know. Settle down there. Drink another Foster's. Speaking of which, on the subject of beer, let me say Aussies do not drink Foster's. In fact, it is extremely difficult to buy. And even if you could buy it, I'd rather lick the urinal at my local bar than drink it. Right, but didn't a previous Australian caller, like last week or the week before indicate uh tell us that there's another brand that is fosters just called something else like victoria no it's not victoria bitter no it's it's a different bottling company that just bottles Uh, we didn't pay attention to it at all did we yeah neither of us fucking remember but you know what's funny though it's like i think the australians are too drunk to even realize that uh they are drinking fosters in a different bottle in a different can 
Yeah. Still a big hand. He says, one last thing. That fuckwit from Brisbane can kiss my hairy beanbag. Queensland is the most fucking backwards place on earth, maybe apart from West Virginia. The people speak like they have never seen the inside of a school. Their beer tastes like piss, and their women look like they have just been shit out of the nearest public amenity. <laughs> but they do have good weather, which, lucky enough, the fucking idiots up there have no control other over otherwise they would fuck that up too that's enough ranting for today i could go on about american culture but you have none so go fuck yourselves thank you hugh for uh expressing your opinions i agree with everything up towards the end until the end what australia has more culture than fucking america is that what he's trying to say yeah I'll, i have i have two Jazz, words I, I have two uh, words two words the blues. crocodile dundee okay <laughs> crocodile it, right? dundee dude all right. What else do they have? That's it. I mean, I guess they do. You know, did... Do you know any painters from Australia? Well, they did have Mel Gibson. And he's, <laughs> he's really con- contributed a lot to pop culture. We got another email from uh, Churba who says, Hey guys, yes, a lezo is a lesbian. It's pronounced Brisbane, not Brisbane, but that's a common mistake. Well, yeah, but we're from, we're from America. We don't pronounce anything the same as you guys. We, we, it's Brisbane. There's no way we'd be able to pronounce the same no. things as you guys. Uh, as for the balls touching, it comes from the saying, it's only gay if the balls are touching. However, in Adelaide, the council had a piece of art commission, which is literally just two big steel balls, one on top of the other. Thus, the balls are always touching in Adelaide. <laughs> As for weird place names, you have no fucking idea. Hell, Michigan? Go climb a wall of dicks. How about Mount Buggery in Victoria? Is there really a Mount Buggery? I don't know. He says it is. And that's not even mentioning the trio of Bald Knob, Iron Knob, and Yorkie's Knob. I'm fucking off now because I have to smoke a shitload of pot and possibly stick my cock in a soft vegetable. Well, if I can find one. Times have been hard since they pulled the plug on Terry Shivo. Uh, Written in from Cherba, the cigarette flight attendant. Um, I hope he's not the flight attendant that got his ass beat by the shit-covered man. People, if you haven't already, sign up for the Sick and Wrong forum. There's over a 1,000 people on there right now. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just filled with uh, sick videos and all sorts of, uh, you know, the internet memes seem to abound on that that forum. Probably because of my postings. But (laughs) one thing we do need, though, is more titties. And people, if you're going to go there, I mean, I don't want to scare people off, but thick skin, thick skin. Have a thick, it's the sick and wrong form for Christ's sake. Thick skin. Go in with a thick skin and then you're not going to be bothered. Yeah. It'll just be fine for you. But go check it out. There's over a thousand members. You can link to it right off the main page. Also coming up next week, as you we mentioned before, the three year anniversary show is sick and wrong. It's amazing that we've been doing this show for three years. I don't know if it's more amazing or kind of pathetic. Well, regardless, is it going to be an extravaganza next week? Or it's what? going to be an extravaganza. You're going to line unexpected. up all that stuff. I'm going to do a little work. I'm going to do a little work. We have some guests coming in. We have a number of phone calls. I kind of want everybody to call in the Sick and Wrong hotline and wish us a fuck you, a huzzah, a congratulations, whatever you want to say, because we're going to play a lot of phone calls. We're I'd like to get some Australian accents in there. So that would be nice. So send us send some MP3s. Send them in an MP3 form, yeah. And don't forget about the Describe D and Lance contest that's going on right now. And, uh, yeah, this is the last week to send in your submission. And, uh, well, we'll decide after we post our picture. People can decide who is the, uh, the winner. And that's on the forum. Also, uh, people have been designing some new logos. So a lot, of, lot going on for Sick and Wrong here for 2009. Uh, thank you, everybody, for subscribing and commenting on iTunes. You notice that, dude? We're like, what, almost second page? <laughs> almost second almost page. Almost yeah. second page. <laughs> Almost 100 comments. 
Yeah. People keep subscribing and commenting on iTunes. You really help out the show. And everybody that's ordered a t-shirt, they're coming, okay, dude? I can't mail a t-shirt a day. But we've had a number of you people You really could order. if you tried. You're just not willing to. Dude, it, it, you know, it's I, I usually wait till I get like, you know, three orders and then you I go bulk, and I... bulk mailing bulk before mailing. you go to the thing. Yeah. But you really are supporting the show by buying a Sick and Wrong tea. And uh, yeah, just go buy right up the, the store section on sickandwrongpodcast.com. Help the show. Keep us going through 2009. Finally here, the Sick and Wrong song of the week. We need to do a shot for a rock legend that passed on today. One of my favorite bands of all time. They are pretty good. I have the Stooges. Man. Iggy Pops, first band in Ann Arbor, Michigan. His uh, lead guitarist, Ron Ashton, was found dead in his apartment today. Let's do a Natural shot. causes, we believe, but right? Yeah. You know, it says that uh, the six-year-old's deceased body was found in his Ann Arbor, Michigan home after a caller phoned police saying they hadn't heard from him in a few days. Apparently, he lived alone. Yeah, but you go know, figure. The Stooges were founded in 1967 in, in Ann Arbor by Iggy Pop, uh, Ron Ashton, and his brother Scott Ashton. And uh, yeah, they had the album Funhouse, which in my opinion is the best rock and roll album of all time. Um, and yeah, several other albums. Uh, Raw Power. Uh, remember the song I Want to Be Your Dog off the first That's Stooges album? One. Been me- covered many times. Been covered in many, many ways. times. And uh, yeah, very influential band. Great band. And Doug, if you don't know them, go check them out. We're going to end the show with the song Search and Destroy, dedicated to Ron Ashton, the Stooges, who died today. People, make sure you tune in next week to Sick and Wrong's three-year anniversary show. It should be a good time. And, uh, yeah, you'll get to see Lance N.D. unmasked. Till then, take it sleazy. Good night. I'm a sea-walking cheetah with a hat full of napalm. I'm a runaway son of a nuclear A-bomb. I'm the world's forgotten boy, the one who searches and destroys. Well, you gotta help me, please. In the dead of night Love in the middle of a fire Love in the middle of a fire fire